Welcome to Fintech Chat and News, presented by Tier 1 People, leaders in Fintech Executive Search. Follow us on your favorite podcast player or Fintech Chatter TV on YouTube. Welcome to Fintech Chatter News, your weekly roundup of all things fintech. I'm Joanne Cousins. And I'm Dexter Cousins. It's been a quiet week on the capital raising front, but there's still some good news to share. Indebted raised 22.5 million and Finspo raised 4 million to support their growth. I'll be talking to Angus Gilfillan, Finspo CEO, about their plans later in the show. It's been a busy week on the share market for MoneyMe, Zip and OpenPay. MoneyMe's loan book hit 1.4 billion, a fourfold increase since the fourth quarter of 2021. This week, the share price rallied to 85 cents. Zip share price increased a whopping 159% in July, a 27% increase in quarterly revenue to 160 million was supported by strong results overseas. OpenPay shares hit 50 cents last week, but have since settled to 32 cents. Prosper announced a record-breaking set of results for quarter four. $104 million of originations were written in June. And digital payments firm Novarti announced a 97% increase in revenue to 32.5 million leading to an average year-on-year growth of 76% over the last five years. So there's some really strong fundamentals and green shoots of recovery for listed fintechs, but we're still some way off the dizzying share prices of 2021. As we mentioned earlier, Finspo, the home loan app, were in the news. Angus Gilfillan from Finspo joins me now to chat about their plans and what the recent cap raise will mean for the company. Angus, welcome to the show. Hi, Dexter. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, great to have you on, especially given the, the good news that you had last week. Do you want to share it with our listeners? Sure. So at Finspo, we raised uh, $3 million in a Series C capital round, and uh, it was really, really great support from our existing shareholders to um, invest in the business and give us at least another 12 months of runway and uh, puts us in really good stead to keep investing and, and growing the business. Fantastic. So would you like to tell us a little bit more about Finspo? Yeah, so we're a, what I call a digitally enabled mortgage broker. So we were founded about two and a half years ago uh, by a number of ex-senior bank execs. And the core problem we were solving was um, really the lack of transparency in the market when it comes to you know, your home loan rates and the, and the cost of your banking and then also your ability to do something about that um, to save money because it is a difficult um, market for your average Australian to operate in. It is quite complicated and it's quite hard to know what to do. So the first product that we brought to market was the, the Finspo digital app and that was really um, yeah, solving that problem of, of could I be saving money on my home loan or my banking and what are the key insights and then how would I change that? 
And then over time, we've evolved through to an end-to-end mortgage broker. So it's not really just marketed at people with a home loan and how much could I save. It's also helping you get that home loan. Um, and we use technology to make the process much, much easier. So if you think about that first experience for a customer, uh, you know, the key question would be how much can I borrow? Or if they've got a home loan, how much could I save? So the early engagement with Finspo online via our digital form is what a, a really smart data-driven form that, that gives them information as they start to start to go along our journey. Um, they book an appointment online and meet with one of our experts. And then throughout the application process, we've got an application tracker that keeps them informed what stage of the process they're at, what's coming up next, what information do I have to provide? Because One of the things that's always struck me about, um, you know, having gone through the process myself and, and being a, you know, deeply passionate about fintech is I've never quite got to the point where I can see the advisor being taken out of the equation, experiencing firsthand the value that they provide. And given the fact that, you know, this is the biggest purchase you're ever going to make in your life. What's your view on, um, you know, the kind of how, how fintech and how technology now kind of plays in, in this whole lending space? Cause it's super competitive as well. Yeah. Yeah. Look, absolutely right. And so I've been in, in home loans for a while now. So I've sort of over probably about 25 years and, and digital has always been coming as a, as a channel where it's going to take off at some point. Uh, and there's always been a, a view that it's an important decision. So having an, a human element to just confirm your decision and where you're at is, is always going to be important. I think that is still true today. Um, the way, I guess the way we think about it is across like a, almost a two by two. So is how hard is the part of the process you're doing and how important is it? And we think that the hard elements, technology can play a huge role. So collecting your data, um, filling out application form, comparing different loan products, um, helping with the loan lodgement, tracking how you're performing over time, technology is going to be amazing to do that. And that's certainly a lot of the um, product we've built at Finspo. But they're really, really important part of the decision. So, you know, looking someone in the eye to say, okay, can I really afford this loan? Um, you know, is, is this the right product for me? We, we see having a, a broker or we call them an expert involved in that part of the decision is going to be really important for quite a long period of time. Uh, our goal is that we, we're building a platform that will be um, agnostic to needing humans to drive the process. So you, you theoretically could go through end-to-end, so a robo-broker proposition. But that's not to say that either the customer will still want that advice at certain stages, but most likely Finspo will still want to put um, our experts in, in parts of the conversation to make sure that the customer's comfortable as they progress through. And um, I think that's probably a, where we're a little bit different to um, some of the other fintechs that are moving to digitise everything end-to-end as the, as the starting off vision. I mean, our, our vision is to use technology to really drive those big customer problems um, with a view to moving the platform to be fully digital over time. Cool. Um, We talked about this just prior to to hit and record. It's a tough environment out there, um, particularly from a funding perspective. 
Um, so well, first of all, kind of well done on, on um, your convincing your investors. What was it that they could see in Finspo that got them to, to kind of come back on board and, and you know, give you this support at what is a you know, pretty nerve wracking time and yeah, yeah. So a couple of things. So the, and I'm sure all your listeners are aware of, kind of, or to some, to some degree, how the investment process works. Where really you you build a a proposition and you build a a forecast or a financial model of how you think that's going to earn investors money over time. And every capital raise you do, you're starting to re- remove the variability of those forecasts. So. Your seed round, you've basically got no idea. Your stomach finger in the air. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to be massive and global domination. And this is how much we're going to make. And then you, f- you figure out sort of about six months in that there are a number of assumptions you didn't have quite right. And so then you, you series A, you have some new assumptions, but there's still a lot of risk in those, in those um, forecasts. So this was actually our fourth funding round. So even though I've only been around two and a half years, this was our, our series C. We've been doing relatively small raises as we continue to remove risk and remove question marks around the A, the, the customer appetite for the proposition, but also B, the, the financial forecasts. And so this Series C, we are, we're really in scaling mode. So we, we know um, that customers love the proposition. We know that how much it costs us to acquire new customers. We know all the different conversion rates across different parts of the process. And what we need the money for now is just just literally to get bigger. So we're a team of, we'll be, we're hiring now, we've actually got three new starters today, which was exciting, just went and said, right. but uh, we're, we're up, almost up to 40 people here in Abbotsford, Victoria now, which is super exciting. And we're, we're really scaling up that home loan side of the business. So um, our biggest constraint at the moment is, Capacity on the on the expert and guide side, so the home loans capacity side of the business, and so what our investors could see was that a the proposition was was winning in market, um, b the technology that we've built is working, but c that if we could add more experts into our proposition, it helps to bring forward the cash flows and the and the break even. So the the other side of of our business is that we are playing in a fairly uh, well-known market in terms of mortgage broking. So the economics are established. We weren't sort of creating new economics for a, for a brand new product. Uh, and, and also it's a very attractive part of the market. So, you know, 70% of Australians are choosing to go to a mortgage broker. So we're playing in a big attractive part of the market. We're getting good traction and we're now scaling up the business. So we didn't, it was quite a nice capital raise, even though it's a challenging market. I, I've, I've knocked on a lot of doors over the years, and, and this was a one where we actually just went to our existing investors um, to get their appetite, and uh, our two lead investors fully underwrote the round, which meant that we well, it was a fairly simple round in terms of just containing that to our 40 existing sh- um, shareholders, and they gave us wonderful support to, to get the $3 million, which was great. Great. Um- now, you mentioned there about hiring. We get a lot of outstanding talent listening to the show. Um, what types of people are you looking to bring in on board and where can people get in touch with you if they're interested in getting on board the Finspo rocket ship? So we, we do all of our product build in-house. So I think of the business in two halves, really. So it's our, our product side of the business and our online side of the business. 
So we have um, in-house development, design, product owners, um, and marketing. So all of that is self-generated, which is great. So it gives us a lot of autonomy around how and how we build our product out. And then on the other side, we, we're scaling out the home loans team. So I'd say the, the real growth over the next 12 months will be in that home loans side of the business, but always keen to hear from, from great talent and, uh, and if there's a way that I can help um, on the sort of tech and product side, very happy to have those conversations as well. Now, on the other side, um, I'm sure many of the listeners have got a home loan as well. <laughs> We're all, uh, you know, looking at the RBA <laughs> and, and announcements and obviously interest rate increases. Where can people download the Finspo app? Yeah, yeah, sure. So uh, the best way is to book an appointment with one of our experts. So go to finspo.com.au and start the journey through the I'm looking to refinance or I'm looking to buy a home. Other ways you can work with us is through the the Finspo app, which is a a free app, and you can download that from um, any of the app stores. And that will give you information and advice on not just your home loan, but also across all your different banking products. So, you know, have I, what fees have I paid? And you'll get alerts when you've you've paid other bank fees. Um, How much could you save on your home loan and who would that be with? Are you managing your cash in the right way? So a lot of people have um, separate accounts for savings accounts at the same time as they're playing credit card interest. The, the app will give you insights on kind of how much that strategy is costing you in terms of it might be emotionally good to have that holiday fund set up earning you 1.5%, but if you're paying 20% on your credit card, you're actually going backwards each month on that. Well, thanks for joining us, Angus, and we can't wait to hear about Finspo's next 12 months. The home loan space is booming. Our friends at Lendy continue to push for domination outside of the big four banks by adding Latrobe Financial to its panels last week. Their addition will allow a greater range of products to their growing network of Aussie, Lendy and Domain home loan brands. TikTok has entered a partnership with AFG to develop its mortgage broking operations as the digital home loans market continues to grow. This will allow TikTok to offer customers loans from the AFG network if customers fall outside of TikTok's credit criteria. Westpac is set to launch a digital mortgage process with full approvals gained in less than 10 minutes. The initial rollout will be for refinancing before a full rollout in 2023. With the sad collapse of Vault a few weeks ago, the company has reported that the cleanup has been completed and all deposits have been returned to customers. Any potential losses will be borne by equity investors only, with no losses sustained to taxpayers. And it's hoped that the selling of the company's technology will recoup some of the $213 that was invested. We talked about the rising share price of BNPL players earlier. Well, UpBank's new initiative, Maybuy, is in contrast to the BNPL trend. Their Save Now, Buy Later movement encourages customers to plan for future purchases by creating saving pots in the app they are hoping to discourage impulse buying. There's been a flood of positive response on socials. And sticking with Bendigo, the latest risk monitor data showed ING and Bendigo Bank are the most trusted banks in Australia. These scores were awarded due to their high levels of customer service. 
Meanwhile, Ben Ford has been spotted on Kent Street, wearing a whole wardrobe of fintech merch. Sporting Wiser Converse, a wee money sweatshirt and kit t-shirt, the ensemble was finished off with some rare fintech merch, a pair of earned socks which have been discontinued since they merged with Wagestream earlier this year. If you see Ben Ford out and about wearing fintech merch, make sure you get a selfie and send it to the show, joanne at tier1people.com. And on Wagestream, news this week that they've partnered with fixed income micro savings platform Blossom. Great news for the early stage startup as they potentially tap into the 1 million global employees of Wagestream's business customers. Cover Genius has acquired Booking Space to expand its business into the booking protection market, giving customers an extra level of protection when buying events tickets online. Mastercard has announced that it's now a full member of Blockchain Australia, and CBA announced that they are hiring 400 tech staff in Melbourne. The roles will be in engineering and software development to help diversify its tech talent base. Now on to this week's appointments. Ed Bunting has joined Immutable, the Web3 rocket ship, from buy now pay later player OpenPay as their chief legal and risk officer. And fintech OG Tyro has appointed Paul Keane from Nuix as their new CTO. Paul replaces Dave Coombs after a mega five-year stint. Good luck to both Paul and Dave. And Rob Bell, the ex-CEO of 86400, is back taking on an NAD role with HFC Bank in Fiji. Great to see Rob back in action and refreshed after leaving 86400 earlier this year. And finally, if you're looking for your weekly podcast fix, last week I caught up with Dan Silver, co-founder of Stake. Since launching, Stake has amassed over 450,000 customers across Australia, New Zealand, the UK and Brazil. They've grown to 135 staff and recently completed a 90 million Series A funding round from Tiger Global. I chat to Dan about his experience of giving up a corporate career and launching his own startup. Dan shares his lessons on scaling, leadership, resilience, global expansion, bootstrapping and capital raising. And if you want to know my tip for the week and what I've been listening to, it's the Ezra Klein Show, or Workplaces Think We're Computers. Ezra interviews Annie Murphy-Paul, author of The Extended Mind. It's an incredible discussion on what makes us productive, both in the workplace and at home, and I highly recommend giving it a listen. There's a link in the show notes, but you'll be able to find it on all your favorite players. Thanks for tuning in and let us know what you think by leaving a review on Apple iTunes or giving us a five-star review in the Spotify app. If you have any news or feedback you want to share, email me, joanne at tier1people.com. Until the next episode, stay safe 